Hi, we're Option Conservation, and this is a Shoe Room Sessions. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the Shoot Room. Thank you. Um, it is awesome to have essentially the architect of this podcast oh on as a guest. I am definitely not. No, definitely okay. not. Uh, so fine. Who was the first person to suggest we should have a podcast? Well, I don't know. but you? No, it definitely wasn't. Okay, tell, tell my version of that story. I don't know what your version is, but a year ago, we were at the My Intern Day. Which is this year's Intern Day today. Today, and yeah. And that when we were recorded. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking with Elle, um, my line manager, the head of marketing, and um, she was like, what would be like a dream of yours if you were to do marketing here? I said, oh, it'd be really cool to like work on a podcast. And we definitely agreed on it. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, Elle's off camera going, yes, it's you, it's you. It definitely Take the credit, Abby. You, you like the original but, spark of this. So I think what was really cool about that, and we were talking about this earlier, Elle and I definitely, our minds are like connecting a lot more. And I think maybe it started then. <laughs> That's beautifully frightening for all of us, especially Josh. So an unusual start to the shoot room. Um, Abby, can you tell people who you are and what you do? Yes. So I'm Abby Dudas. I'm the engagement specialist at Oxygen Conservation. Awesome. Yeah. And we love having you as part of the team. I love being part um, of the team. Can you take us on your journey from home to being part of OC? Yeah. So I'm, um, if you couldn't tell from my accent, I'm from Canada. Um, and love Canada, always kind of wanted to stay there um, and did my undergraduate degree there in biology and psychology, then went to work at uh, an environmental charity for a little while and decided I wanted to go back to school. Um, and so I came to the UK to do my master's degree in environmental psychology. Um, and there's not a lot of places that offer that, right? No, it was the first place, the first school in the world to offer it um, 50 years ago. We just had the anniversary this year. Um, so yeah, I decided to come here because Professors were incredible. They had, you know, great resources and great opportunities um, with the intent of going back to Canada, though, um, but then decided to stay because OC is so great. And how did you find out about last year's intern program? How did it come to you? So when I finished my master's degree in um, 2022, I was planning on going back to Canada, but decided to stay because I met uh, my partner here and he's from the UK. Um, yes, Kai Phillip. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so I decided to say I need a job. Um, I was working for a YouTube channel at the time, freelance, and that was part of the reason I decided it would be okay to stay because I could just do it from anywhere. Um, but that ended up not working out completely, so I needed a job. So I just found it on LinkedIn, this advertisement um, for OC, the internship. Uh, Can you remember what the advertisement was like? What caught your eye about it? So it was a very vague um, advertisement, and I think it started with looking for like the crazy ones, misfits, the rebels. Um, and I thought it was a bit weird at first, but yeah, I just, I, I thought it was a really cool, um, way to advertise an internship. I loved that it was open-ended as well, um, because I'm interested in a lot of different things, uh, marketing and communications being one of them, but environmental restoration work is another passion of mine. And so I loved being able to create a tailored application that was, you know, specific to me, but then also would work for OC. So I just, I loved that, that it was open-ended and that I could just talk about what I could bring to the team. Um, yeah. Just nice. Um, so take us through your experience then. So application came in and then there was a video part of that process. Who did you meet on that part of it? Yeah. So I, well, my first video that I received was a video from you actually. Right. Okay. Um, saying that, uh, 
I made it to the long list, basically, that I could come and have an initial interview with a couple members of the team. And um, one of which was a sponsor. So somebody that had picked me out of the application pool and said, you know, I really want them to be part of the team. And that was Elle, um, the marketing manager. And um, so I met with Elle and Katie, who's the um, team coordinator, but that's changing now. But um, yeah, so she... Had, Katie just runs everything. Yeah, she, she's just the boss of everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I met with them, um, for about 30 minutes and it was such a lovely conversation. It definitely did not feel like an interview at all. We started talking about sustainability and, um, passions and just things that we love to do. And I think we really connected, um, in those 30 minutes and then, yeah, was, was brought to, um, the intern day in, uh, January, I think it was. Mm, yeah. yeah. We're a bit late to last year. Yeah. Um, and we got to go to Leon, which was absolutely incredible. And I was so excited to get invited to go there. So just on that in terms of the timing. So the reason we went from January last year to December this year is actually you and the, the other intern cohort that we had last year, many of which are still with us, said, no, no, do the assessment in December because it's going to be much easier for people who don't have exams in January, uh, oh, who have exams true. in January. So we wanted to clear it so it was the most optimum time to be comfortable yeah. for the candidate. Yeah. I think that's something under sort of Andrew, our head of people's leadership mm -hmm. as well, that we wanted to craft a process that's about the candidate, not about us. Because so yeah. many graduate schemes and intern programs are always like, no, no, we're this amazing company and you're lucky yeah. to even have an interview. Do as we say. Yeah. And we want it to feel the exact opposite way because... The most talented people, whether they realize it or yet, uh, yet have tons of choice in the market. Mm. So we wanted to be the company that cared about them and opened up opportunities. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, Leon, take us. So, what was your mindset when you were coming to that event? So, you knew there was a group of people coming for that assessment? Yeah. So, initially, I got, well, I think Elle invited me during our initial interview. Which... <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> yeah. I think um, so that I knew I was going to get invited and then got the, the formal email invitation afterwards. Um, and that initial like 20 minutes after I was invited, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm so excited. What an incredible opportunity. And then the realization set in that I was going to have to like compete for my spot with other people. Um, and I was going to have to, you know, put myself out of my comfort zone and really, yeah, just shine, I guess. I don't, yeah. So it, that nervousness set in um, and I was terrified to come. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the train ride to Exeter I was freaking out the entire time and then got picked up at the train station. What were you freaking out about? So I'm definitely more introverted and quieter. I'm not somebody that's super outgoing and loud. Um, and that's always kind of been like a like an issue for me. I've always kind of been self-conscious about it. Um, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to have to come to this day. There's going to be other people competing for this spot. They're probably going to be really bubbly and lovely and wonderful and smart. And my voice isn't going to get heard. Basically, I was worried that I was going to have to put on this persona that I'm somebody that I'm not. Um, and so, yeah, so I just was worried about that. And I think the great thing about OC and the great thing about that day is that everybody looks at the individual and we're not a cookie cutter bunch. And I think... I think Al and Katie deliberately put me in a car with you um, to lay on because they knew that I would benefit from some one-on-one -on -one time and being able to talk with you. And that was a really laid-back, easy journey, quiet, all the way there. No. <laughs> yeah. um, this is my first time meeting you as well, so I had no idea what to expect. And we got in the car um, to go to lay on, and the first thing you said to me was, okay, tell me your life story. 
I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Um, but that went on for about 45 minutes, me asking yeah. you questions. Yeah, and yeah, to be completely honest, I don't remember a lot about what we talked about because I think I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> but I remember the morning of when, when Ellie and Katie told me that I was going to be in the car with you and Dan. It's like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm either going to get the job or I'm not, and it's going to be dependent on this car journey because like, if I don't get it, that's my fault. Um, I have the opportunity to get my voice heard now. Um, I don't have the excuse of being quiet. Um, so it was, yeah, such an incredible journey because... Yeah, just got to chat. You didn't make me sound like an absolute monster during this journey. I definitely did not make you sound like a monster. Just no, just I no. definitely didn't. I, you were you were um, charming and eloquent and insightful and fantastic to the point whereby... Uh, so the backdrop of this as well is we've been in an event in London um, with some partners the night before. So several of us had driven back through the night. It was going on two hours sleep and I couldn't see anything. Mm. So I was having this conversation with you and I had a migraine, so I literally couldn't see. And you just blew us away you were just so amazing before you walked in the door to the house you'd got a job oh, it was cool. and what's amazing is so you you literally put yourself outside that comfort zone and went right i know an opportunity will present itself and i'm gonna take it mm. and you did which was just super oh. amazing well i was given that opportunity and that was just i felt incredibly grateful and lucky to have that opportunity because i know not everybody else got to sit in a car with you for 45 minutes um as we arrived at Leo, dad just looked at you didn't he and went, yeah it's always like this yeah yeah it kind of, it kind of is um I think you weren't given anything, you earned it by your application, by how you were on the first call. Mm. Um, also, a feature of you working with us is you are the most humble and like understated person ever, but but so, so talented at me. Like everyone around the room is nodding right now, by no, the way. Gonna make me blush, gosh. <laughs> and we should. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier about how um, more introvert. <clears throat> I, I think, in my experience of working with you, that's true to start with, but certainly after you got to know us. Yeah playful and comedic and clever and it's insightful in every which way i think i think it does come with um some level of comfort with knowing people for sure um but it was it was something that i always struggled with and i think in the conservation sector there's this group of people that are really enthusiastic and and bubbly and that is wonderful and i love that um but i'm just not like that right off the bat and so it was always something that i thought i needed to be um to work in in conservation um but i just love that oc was able to see my strengths and my individualness all you needed to be was you uh, well yeah that's yeah <laughs> and that's what i love about the company good thank you <laughs> what does every day look like for you what's a day-to-day -day work uh, it changes every day um there's a lot of a lot of jobs um so i'm part of the marketing team and so i just i support um, a lot of the marketing jobs that we're doing in projects. Um, one of the big things that I'm a part of is the newsletter, Field Notes. Um, so monthly we release like a an e-newsletter and it's, it's a really fun job to have. I love being able to hear um, some of the stories that the team brings and then being able to communicate that to people online and um, taking Josh's incredible photos and making this beautiful kind of project every month. I just, yeah, really rewarding. Um, and then that, that is a bit that's worth pausing actually because I think so many companies especially in the environment sector don't invest in the content they need to do yeah. a good job so remember when Elle first came to work with us say look we've, we have had a photographer from employee number three James would disagree but employee <laughs> number three um, so all all that backlog of too much content photos and videos and everything else because from a marketing perspective if you haven't got material to work with 
it's like asking someone to sit at a pottery wheel and giving them no clay. <laughs> and you just, you need to invest it. If, so if you're starting a new business, especially in, well, in every space, but in the environmental space, work with creative professionals that can yeah. give you content to showcase what you're yeah. doing. And it's easy to craft like this beautiful story and project from um, Josh's content. And it's it's just a joy to do every month. I really do love it. Um, so how many have we released now? We're just working on the 6th. So the January will be the 6th. There's so yeah. much that's been built since you've been here. So mm. that's part of it. Been involved in the podcast. How many episodes? Oh, I have no idea. You can say it. Yeah. 17. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. From um, concept to we did the first one in August, September, um, which yeah. is incredible. And yeah. And such amazing feedback from that. Yeah. And that is so fun. I think um, you talk a lot about like the surface area of luck, um, but I think there's a surface area of communication as well. And I love that we're spreading that. Um, through newsletter podcasts and your articles as well on LinkedIn, just trying to... Which you edit all of those. Yeah, yeah. That is a big part of my job as well. Yeah, which they're a joy to edit. I love it. I think um, the the narratives that you craft like weekly, I don't know how you do it, but... We um, travel a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it is, I do love reading them every week and um, they're always so insightful and helpful and they really help my understanding of OC and environmental work and That's kind of why I do them. It's how I process certain... Yeah. My brain kind of works in like, I think some people thinking in like long form sweeping thoughts mm. and it takes them like two weeks to craft something. Whereas most things, if I think of an idea, I've like 20 options immediately mm. and I have to pick one. But some a lot of the things we deal with and that I write about are multifaceted and the process of writing makes me slow down and consider the different, right. like wind and community engagement and agriculture, all those things that there isn't a simple answer because mm. it's complicated. Um. You give me some awesome feedback. So I love when you're like, oh, I love this sentence or that's nice or nope, redo this or it's complete. <laughs> I love that you're honest with me and say, no, I don't like this bit. That hasn't worked. Why do you feel able to? Um, I mean, you encourage that. You're like every day, I think you encourage the entire team to offer feedback. Um, and from day one in my internship, I got to be part of the team calls and, and hear discussions from people. And, and I think there's always been that culture of, um, give your opinion when you have it and ask questions if you have it. And, um, you're here for a reason. Your, your opinions are valid. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the culture of our team. I, I love hearing it. Cause that's, that's our intention. That's what I want it to feel like, but you can, you can try and build something and craft something, but you can't receive it as the other person. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's useful to test that. And for anyone who's running a business out there, if you don't have that, you're wasting the talent in mm -hmm. your business. Hire people better than you and then ask them what to do. Mm. And if they're not being honest with you, you, you're wasting it. And I always remember being taught early in my career, if your team aren't honest with you, you are in a ticking clock to problems because mm. you won't see yeah. it coming. And um, yeah, you've got to invite that feedback. So we've, we've got uh, the newsletter, we've got the podcast, we've got articles that are produced. You also edit the weekly update, which goes to our board. So yeah. more formal internal reporting. Yeah. So it's about 3,000 words every week that the team kind of writes and then we send to the board. Um, talking about everything that's happened that week. Um, so I edit that every every week with, with you. And that's got to be flawless, right? We don't have yeah. any... So um, 150,000 words to them across the course yeah. of the year, which is... Yeah. Mad. But even I'm staggered with the volume of content we're able yeah. to produce. Yeah, I um, I was just in my, my review with Elle and I had some numbers in there. I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a lot of words that I've read in the past four months. Do you remember some of the top of your head? Um... 4,000 words for the newsletter in 
five issues, um, 40,000 words in weekly updates yeah. um, in the past like quarter. So yeah, just... And we've written 70,000? Oh yeah, I mean, you've written so much and um, yeah, it's got to be close to 100,000 now if you include everything. Up next year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. And another key part, and I think maybe the thing you do as long as all the things you do awesome, the thing you do especially well is you listen better than anyone I've ever met, I think. Oh my gosh. And, and that that plays out so well in terms of local community events. So I invite feedback all the time. Please give us more. But it is hard. I sometimes find, we spoke about this over breakfast, that the volume of negativity. So we can be in one place and for that community of people, that's the one hot issue they want to talk about. But we've also been somewhere the day before and the day after and also my my view as someone who's hugely fortunate to lead a business is I should carry the heaviest load. So if mm. it is horrible, I should go to that. Mm. When it's a lovely event, we had the most wonderful local event at Mornicott last week. I didn't need to be there because it was just nice and lovely and everyone else can hear the nice. Everyone's nodding around the room, by the way. And um, so sometimes that feels really heavy to carry. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm broken to the point of I have to try and solve problems for people. Mm. So if someone says, oh, this is an issue. I'm like, okay, what can I do to solve it? I don't know how to, I find it very difficult. I'm working on just listening to listen. Yeah. And you do that so beautifully. Oh, how? How are you? How? I don't know. I think um, maybe it's my quiet nature. I'm not sure. Um, but I think people come with emotion when they come with negativity. A lot of it is, you know, fear of change or um, frustration that they weren't included. And, uh, you know, those emotions are strong. And, um, it's, it's hard sometimes to hear negativity, but I think it's important for us to remember that those emotions come from a place of love most of the time. Um, and they just want to be heard. Um, and so giving people that opportunity to be heard is something that I find very important. Um, because I think it's also about giving people the opportunity to change their mind. Um, and if we followed negativity with negativity, yeah. You're not giving somebody the opportunity to change their mind um, or hear our side of the story. Um, and I think if you approach something with love and, and compassion and care, you're more likely to have somebody reciprocate that in the future um, and then potentially change their opinion. I think it's amazing how you don't carry it either. Like, so, so I will be able to do the interaction. I'll be able to be courteous and kind of appreciate what they're saying. I'll walk away and then I'll be depressed for an hour hmm. and I'll come and talk to you and I'll be like, but they just, ah, like, yeah. they don't want anything. They just wanted to tell me everything's bad. Yeah. Just hate everything. I'm like, I can't help them. Yeah. And you're like, you're not meant to. No. Yeah. You did help them by listening. And that's, yeah. and, and that's the bit I'm working on trying to yeah. understand and, and recognize. And we did have that opportunity recently um, at an event where um, I could see that demeanor change just by listening to somebody. And that gave me so much joy. I loved that. That was the first time I've been able to do that with um, OC. And it just... I wasn't fixing anything for them yeah. um, and they know that and it w but it was that opportunity for them to just voice their opinions and their frustrations that but I think I you and Elle and others and Katie are much more effective at doing that now because with some of our external stuff we're at the point whereby people won't be honest with me either mm -hmm. so I tried so I sat in the room with people who we knew had some challenges about land use change mm -hmm. and listened and, and I sat with them for over an hour talking about everything and they were really open about their family and issues and stuff. And as soon as I left the room, 
they said, oh, I'm not really happy about this. Mm-hmm. And and one of the team went, okay, you could have mentioned it. Like, yeah, I should have mentioned that to Rich, really. But they didn't feel like Maybe, wanted yeah. to. Like, they, yeah. they were talking to the job title rather than the person, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Um, but whereas you receive it so well, I think it's a, a key feature of how we're going to um, do everything moving forward is to try and get you to as many sites as possible to do yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. I do love it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So that segues into 2024. Mm-hmm. What do you hope we do as a company? What, what And it can be any part of the company. It can be sort of acquisitions, the vision side of it, or specifically the marketing. Mm-hmm. What are some of your hopes and dreams for 2024? Um, I think just reaching a wider net of people um, through the podcast, through the newsletter. I think that that is um, a real opportunity to have um, like champions for us, giving them information and sharing stories. I I would love to be able to share like actionable things that are happening on our sites and just have people be able to watch everything unfold because I love to watch everything unfold. And I know that um, that would be something that everybody would love to read about and listen to. And um, so being able to continue to share those stories, I think is one of my big hopes and um, yeah, just being able to see all of that work happening and then translate it to um, which is a very timely nod to explain to people we have three potential content creation interests yeah. sat in the room watching this to help do exactly yeah. that um to bolster what we're doing for, yeah for next year yeah yeah um okay and what about so i i have a playful vision that 2025 we might go internationally talk about how you'd feel about that um well I'm a little biased, but I think North America would just be amazing. <laughs> um, and I could work in Canada tomorrow if you wanted me to, legally. <laughs> I would still work for Elle and everybody else, but, you know. I mean, so, so Ellie's busy, like, freaking out that Abby might move to North America. But she's also decided that she's moving to Australia. Several times in the last few weeks, I was like, no, no, I'm going to settle the Australian branch of what we do. That, that's done. Don't, don't even need to talk about that. No, I think anywhere internationally, like, the scale of... Um, opportunity is just so exciting regardless of where that is um canada would be a dream of mine eventually i would love to move back to canada um and i just but i do think no time soon though right no no okay um yeah no but i do think that the scale is the most exciting thing yeah and the pace at being able to do stuff um that's one of the things i love about oc is that we're doing so much and we have this scale but then we're also doing things really quickly. And that's just been so fun to do. And I just want to continue doing that around the world. <laughs> Abby, that's a, a perfect end to what has been a, a beautiful um, shoot room session podcast, which yeah. I couldn't wait to get you on. I, I think um, from day one, you have bought a genuine diversity of background, of experience, of thought, of personality and we are just so much better a team for having you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's us done. Okay.